Okay, I got my audio going. What's up, buds? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds Podcast. That's right. It's the podcast where two buds talk about ears for a podcast, bud. God damn it. That were, like, I literally searched Earbuds Podcast on YouTube, and the first three pages are videos about ear- best earbuds for podcasting. <laughs> And I'm like, we need to change our name. Or start talking about earbuds. <laughs> we need to rebrand. Yeah, or just uh, embrace just like it. And it. literally be, dude, that's probably what people think we are. Fuck. When they see earbuds podcast, they're like, dude, people made a podcast about earbuds. What the fuck? And then they listen to us and we're talking about like pollution and Well, no, because all the titles are <laughs> album names and stuff. Unless Yeah, but maybe they think we're being meta. We're talking about like what headphones they should use. If you want to like listen to this album, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I fear that we might need to rebrand soon. All right, well, be on the look for that. But for right now, yeah. Lucas, I think we're kind of the odd couple of podcasts. Maybe the pod couple of odd casts. Little little column A, little column B. You know, and today yeah. we're talking about a big album from a big artist. Mr. Morale yeah. and the Big Steppers. It's Kendrick Lamar, baby. It's K Dot, man. He, uh, I was really intimidated to listen and talk about this record. Ever since we knew this album was coming out, I was already intimidated to talk about it. I remember our reaction when we found out it was coming out was excitement, but dread. Fuck. At the same time, because obviously we're we are gonna want to talk about it, but then how the fuck are we going to? Yeah, you know his albums are so layered; they're like the parfaits of the hip hop world, and there's so there's always so much going on lyrically, right, and thematically. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, to try and break this down, it took me way too long to start listening to this record. We had decided on this over a week ago and I didn't start listening to it until three days ago oh n- really it took it I literally I had friends texting me I had group chats about this record going uh, and they were listening to it and they were reacting to it and they were like man I've you know after so many songs I went damn and you know wow like this song's particular and auntie diaries and all this stuff and then I that's why I and, I and we had already talked me and you about potentially doing this as a two-parter because it is a double record yeah. and uh, it's 18 songs. It's, you know, an hour and 15 minutes total of music. It's like we're it's already going to be hard enough to talk about and break down and really get into the first half of this, you know, two-parter right. or whatever. Then and, and so that's why I texted you asking if we could <laughs> do just the first nine songs first and then the second because I was already so intimidated and then I finally listened to it. And um, it's it was surprising at how I feel like I was too I was too intimidated by it. But this is a very dense nine tracks so have you that we're going to talk about. To the entire album, or just the first? I have album? not. What I've only listened to the okay. first disc, the first nine songs purposefully because once we decided that we were only going to talk about the first nine i'm like well that's what i'm going to focus on because it was already a daunting task and something that i was legit scared to do (laughs) so and honestly dude a little bit of the fear too of like i don't know if you felt the same way of worried i wasn't gonna like it 
Yeah, I mean, there's always that fear of, like, I've always been scared for Kendrick because he's been so legendary for so long. You know, he's kind of one of the greatest rappers of all time, inarguably. Yeah, and yeah. And his monumentous albums, Good Kid and T-Pad. Trip a Butterfly, yeah. Which is considered and one of the greatest rap albums of all time, maybe one of the greatest albums of all time. Which took so long for me to like, too. It took me so long to understand To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. And uh, But once I finally did, I understood the genius. But Good Kid Mad City was just, in my opinion, one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. So going from that to, to T-Pab, which was such a different vibe, yeah. it was so hard. And then when I finally got it, I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then it happened again with Damn, where I was like, this is so different. Like You, you, you can never predict where... Kendrick is going to go with the music that he picks for his albums. And those are so important to the overall vibe because he is one of those people that he changes his content and his delivery based on the music that he's using for that track. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not like, uh, you know, push a T that he's just going to rap about the same shit and have the same delivery on every track despite what the beat sounds like. Yeah. That's not the case with Kendrick, so the music is so guide is such a guiding force in how he writes his albums that uh man, if you don't like the music, it's really scary because then you're like I don't like this album because this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I went into this though totally expecting it to be not what I expected it to be and I I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, I would say this might be the first time I've listened to a Kendrick album and it didn't like... There were definitely a couple moments, a couple big moments, but it's not like I was ever completely thrown off. Right. Um, though, when I did hear that first song and that weird drum beat comes in, I was kind of like, ooh, what the fuck is this? Yeah, man. United in Grief is a really, really interesting opener to the album it, it's it gives it the whole thing a really suspenseful feeling yeah, right like an anxiety like something is stirring yeah you know and he he talks about you know for for what was it like 1885 days or whatever like i've been going through something yeah. or i've been dealing with something and i'm like man do you think he's been going through some shit before writing this record because holy fuck every song is so intense yeah it's like very intense it's very personal you haven't listened to the second half of the record so you haven't even gotten to some of the craziest stuff yet yeah i've Which you know one of the songs I, I keep I, no i mean one of the songs I've, i keep hearing about uh is auntie diaries and i know that's a really that's gonna be a really big song on this record uh no man i haven't heard the second half and i didn't know if i was doing myself a disservice by not listening to the whole thing even when we were only going to talk about the first disc um, but I feel like I did it the right way <laughs> because uh, I'd want to talk about that second half of the record if I heard if I had listened to it before we jumped into this you know episode. So it's like I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't hear it, but I am planning on when we're you know on the next episode. Obviously, we're talking about part two, the second half of the yeah. the, the second disc on this double feature or whatever. But uh, I am going to listen to the whole album all the way through several times before that recording as well. Yeah, and I think uh, as opposed to like Good Kid Mad City or uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, the, this album is a lot less like, it's not really a concept album as much as those albums were. 
It's kind of like, damn, right. where it's a little more diverse and it's got a little more freedom as to what, you know, Kendrick is kind of focusing on. Uh, yeah, but a lot of it is just as personal as any of those oh, yeah. records. For in, and it's more so when you get to the second half. Wow, that's that's surprising, man, because I feel like the first half is really, really personal. I mean, he clearly went through some you know, women troubles in the last five years. He was dealing with um, writer's block, and he had a couple kids, and then the pandemic, and, you know, the I'm sure the writer's block fucking with his head of, like, am I done? Have I done my best stuff? And right. It's it's weird. It should, it should be no surprise coming from Kendrick of how vulnerable he'll make himself and how personal he gets on his albums, but... It's still a lot of these songs are like open wounds. It sounds like, you know, it just feels like these things that are still happening that he's he's still processing, yeah. and it feels like it was such a driving force and inspiration behind the writing. On a lot of these songs, he's just going off, and his delivery is almost spoken word at times, and it just sounds like he's just saying what he needs to say. He's not trying to write a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, there are kind of a lot of spoken word type passages on this record, like uh, the rich interlude, which is done by Kodak Black, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah I mean, Worldwide Steppers, I feel like, uh, feels very spoken word and all over the place. Yeah, uh, We Cry Together is like kind of half yeah. oh. rap, half domestic dispute, which is really cool. Dude, one of, one of the most intense hip-hop songs I've heard in a long time is We Cry Together. The... the delivery of I forgot what her name was it is Taylor Page yes Taylor Page's delivery on that song is like she 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 tuned into something she was like kind of remembering some experiences that she had because it sounds it super felt that raw, way right super personal yeah very real that whole song felt really real and it was really it's even more impressive when you know when you realize how good the writing is of the song because it kind of sounds like they're just saying fuck you to, to each other over and over and over again but it's it's so poetic in in the in a really weird way and when you realize the how they're um how the writing is playing in and how they're rhyming certain things and the way that they're doing their rhyming and everything it's really impressive but if you don't try to dig deep and really appreciate what they're trying to do on the song it almost sounds like something you would hear on like an ICP record <laughs> almost it almost sounds like a joke I mean it yeah if it wasn't if they didn't put that kind of artistic intent into it and they let it be a little yes. more free form and not as like rehearsed and focused and there was like a plot twist at the end of this song yeah you know? Uh, if that hadn't happened, it would just kind of sound like this weird domestic dispute, I guess. I don't know. But a very genuine sounding yeah. one. A very legit sounding dispute. And uh, super, super intense. And yeah, the twist at the end when they start having sex and you're like, oh, fuck. And it goes from like, fuck you, fuck you. And it's like, fuck me, fuck me. And then, yeah. you know, they start just like banging. Going for it. They, they but then it, it. it it's... They go for it, and but it's really cool how they wrap up the kind of uh, they make sense of the motif that you hear on several songs leading up to "We Cry Together" of this kind of footsteps happening. Yeah, this tap dancing. 
you I didn't realize it was tap dancing until at one point in we cried together where they play the sound and she goes stop tan- stop like quit ta- tap dancing around the conversation yeah, or something like stop dancing like, around the issue oh, or something like that stop dancing around the issue they do it on N95 uh, I think they do it on Worldwide Steppers too, and it's it's so again so well done and poetic and artistic. It's just artistry yeah. happening when you realize that what Kendrick is saying and doing on this record. Kendrick is always trying to make it artistic in a way and say a little more than you would expect, and I think the tap dancing yeah. might also represent because uh, there are times on this album when he kind of talks about his role as a performer and yep. trying to be real while also trying to kind of speak in ways that everyone can understand. Uh, yeah. And so that tap dancing is like, while he's saying this stuff, he is still being performative about it. Right. It's almost like I still have to entertain you people yeah. while, while I get this stuff off my chest and, and try and process. Yeah whatever I'm going through. Yeah. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. And I almost think, I almost wonder too, you know, tap dancing is kind of synonymous with the jazz age. And while the jazz age is, was such a big deal for a lot of black musicians and, and, you know, it it gave them success. Uh, a lot of it I know has this kind of darker, uh, history behind it too, where it's, you know, you look at the people that they're performing for and it's a bunch of rich white people most of the time. You know, so it's almost like better tap dance, you know, entertain people. Uh, And it's kind of that's why the the WB frog is like super racist, because it's it's basically a a vaudeville character. And vaudeville is kind of this racist time in in entertainment history. And uh, and it's it could be a, a, you know, a callback or sort of reference to something like that, too, where it's like it's still someone tap dancing for for people. But then it's so it's that's what I mean the parfait man the onion of of what this album is because then it's also stop tap, tap dancing around the issue and he's dealing with issues father issues he talks about it on father time you know like he has daddy issues he has abandonment issues he has trust issues yeah. all it seems to stem from his dad being just a really horrible influence on him you know I mean there's so a, there's it's a like, whole lot of themes and issues and topics that you can't really like dissolve it into one thing. It's just kind of what right. Kendrick's been dealing with, really. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting, like on Worldwide Steppers, where he's talking about all the different times he's had sex with white women, and, <laughs> and I didn't really understand. And how he feels about that, and it's so such an interesting thing. I've literally never thought of before. You know, like how emotionally intense something like that could be. Yeah. And but. It's the way that he explains it where he's like the one of the girls he had sex with turns out her her dad was a sheriff and her dad had arrested Kendrick's dad. So it was almost like or Kendrick's uncle or something. So it was almost cousin or uncle. Yeah. And then it's he says, like, basically, he's getting revenge on for his uncle or his family member that got arrested by having sex with the sheriff's daughter. And, And it's almost like, you know, his ancestors seeing him have sex with a white woman. And it's almost like. You know, kind of like a, yeah, fuck yeah, one for us <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> like payback. It's so, that's such a, yeah, payback or whatever. And it's just such a a theme that you don't seem to hear a lot, especially in hip hop music, where he's tying those 
personal things and cultural things all into something as uh, dirty or as kind of something that you might not think of as just having sex with someone. Sure. Like what that could mean culturally, what that can mean personally. Yeah. It's just such a, that's what I mean. The artistry just goes really far in this record. And it's one that I've, it's, it, it, it's going to grow on me just like every Kendrick album has had to grow on me. Yeah. And you know, the more, I, I didn't think much about it at first, but the more I listen to these tracks, like these are some fantastic beats. Yeah. You know, like these are some, a lot of like, really good beats. S rank beats. And like, I didn't really expect it at first. I didn't really recognize that on my first listen. Uh, mainly because yeah, there's a lot to take in and like, right. But they're busy beats too. A lot of them are really busy, which I know you're into. I do like my busy beats. Fucking DJ busy beats. But you might be surprised which ones my favorites are. I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing it, man. Cause I definitely, uh, had that same journey too, where while when I listened to the first nine tracks, I was like, "All right, that was that wasn't bad. That was pretty good." And the second time around, I'm starting to notice things in the lyrics, and, and they're starting to hit a little harder. Third time around, I'm starting to notice things in the music starting to hit a little harder. That fourth, fifth, sixth listens are really the ones where you it paints the entire picture for you, and it you realize wh- how much is going on. On each song, where right. the beat ties into the the lyrics, the lyrics tie into the music, the beats tie into the theme, the sound bites that they use, the samples that they use, all of it is so, none of it is um, overlooked or like a passing thought. Everything seemed very deliberate. Yeah, and that's and like there was a lot of attention put on every decision on this record. That's how Kendrick's always been. You know, you're the one yeah. that told me about the dissect podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. so long ago and I got into it and I, we went through T-Pab and, uh, damn, and it just pieces mm. apart the beats and like how they actually kind of have to do with like stuff he's talking about. <laughs> and no one I else mean, literally, like, puts so- that thought into their music. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that's kind of that podcast, the dissect, dissect podcast, which by the way, if you guys have not. If anyone who's watching this or Super listening to this bump. has not heard that, oh my god, fucking old, yeah, they're bud bump. <laughs> they're about to get the earbuds bump. bump. Yeah, thanks to thanks to our fifteen followers, <laughs> and uh, but really go check them out because they break stuff down on an almost scientific level yeah. <laughs> uh, of why this music is so and amazing and it's really really impressive. If you get through the to pimp a butterfly dissect series and you don't think it's a masterpiece and one of the greatest albums ever written then you have no soul yeah you have you're you have no soul and you you might not uh the music is not made for you then and i and i think it's i think that's an interesting thing about kendrick to me is he has a pop following but then I think the casual hip hop listener could listen to Kendrick and enjoy it, but it's really the, the, you know, fans like us who want to get into the lyrics and break down everything that's happening in the album that you get such a deeper appreciation of it. Yeah. Cause there, there have been a lot of mainstream Kendrick bops, obviously starting with good kid, mad city, uh, to pimp a butterfly. Didn't really have, many except for maybe uh all right i think was mm-hmm. a hit and then damn had 
a couple hits on it. The Black Panther soundtrack had a couple Ooh, hits on so it. So good. he knows how to write something that people are going to like while also keeping it artistically interesting. Yeah, and and uh, artistic integrity too. Yeah. Where it's it never feels like Kendrick has uh, lost his integrity or his credibility in anything I've heard him on, and that's really impressive, man. And that's kind of I would rather have five years in between albums and get something like this than have you feel forced to shit something out every year or two years, and we just get. Uh, that's where you lose. The artistic integrity yeah. is when you're on this schedule. So it's awesome that someone like Kendrick has the pull and the hand to say, I'm not ready. I'm not doing anything. He, need, he And then when I am, it's going to happen. Yeah. He talks about how he had writer's block for a long time after, uh, you know, damn and, and black Panther. And he gets yeah. that time to, like, think about things and let events happen. Uh, and, you know, like, Pusha T is always saying that he, like, only... He does masterpieces. He writes masterpieces. Yeah. Kendrick is the only one that I would consider that person. That, like... Writes yeah. I think a lot of people consider my dark, twisted... My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy uh, to be a masterpiece. I think that's overrated. But that's a whole other episode. Personally, I agree with you. I think it's an amazing album, I, but to say like, it's a masterpiece. I, I, the Dissect series was great on it. It was really good. I think it was great. And it definitely, yeah. I got more of a respect for what was happening. But <laughs> it's also a, kind of <laughs> with all that bullshit. Said, yeah, um, it's it's a lot of like vacuous kind of more more arrogance and more just kind of empty stuff yeah like without getting too into it it just kind of rings hollow for me any and all of the messages on dark twisted fantasy uh while on an album like kendrick's you can like he even if it's a bad thing you know he was going through these emotions and through these songs he is constantly trying to better himself and he's constantly trying to figure out what his role is and it seems genuine you know, this journey that he's yeah. been taking himself on and where, like how he places himself in the world. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really impressive to hear someone at his level. It's almost on, uh, you know, I could put J Cole in a really similar stature, a uh, similar tier because J Cole, I just feel is the same way that he's not going to write anything if he doesn't have anything to write, Yeah, you know, and all of his stuff has a message and, but he can still write stuff that you could play at a party yeah. And if you re- if you really pay attention, if you're the stone guy sitting on the couch in the corner at the party and you're listening to the lyrics, you're like, holy right. shit, this shit yeah. is deep, <laughs> you know? But I think uh, this album is going to be ultimately kind of probably not one of my favorites from Kendrick, even over time, because it's... Dude, you got to be in a mood to to listen to these songs because they're so heavy. Yeah, it's it's very heavy. There's really not a lot of, you know, party songs, which is fine. Well, it's fine. Yeah, for sure. It's it, this album is amazing for what it is, but it's not going to be one that I just put on to, to yeah. chill. Like I, I think, "To Pimp a Butterfly" is Kendrick's best album so far, but I prefer listening to "Good Kid, Mad City." 
you know? Right. Like I just yeah. prefer those beats and uh, like. I recognize the masterpiece that is to pimp a butterfly. Well, not absolutely. Exactly. Like, you know, there's great songs on it and stuff, but like, that's yeah. a tough album to get through. It is. And it's one that I really didn't like the first time I, the first two times, three times I heard yeah. it. And then I, it, and that's, it, it's, it was the same with this album. It was the same with this, these first nine songs that the first time I was like, okay. And then seriously, it really takes time for, for it to build and for it to kind of expose itself a little bit more. And you have to give it those many that many chances with Kendrick. With Damn, it was immediate. With Good Kid, Mad City, it was immediate. Sure. But with To Pimp a Butterfly and with this one, it was Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is a concept album in a way. Uh, but it's just a lot of songs that are just really personal and sometimes hard to listen to. Yeah. Because it's so personal. And like I said, it feels like an open wound that this is going to be a great album to listen to when I'm in certain moods. But I, this is not one I'm going to gravitate towards unless I'm, like, sad. No, even though I really do like a lot of the beats on here, probably yeah. not going to, you know, add it to any playlist or anything like that. Sad or mad? Sad or mad are the two emotions I'll listen sure. to this album. There's no... I feel fucking badass listening to this, and that's what I like about hip-hop the most, right. is that it makes me feel cool. And this, none of these songs make me feel cool. <laughs> they either make me mad or sad. And those those are uh, just as valid, but it's not something I'm going to drive around and listen to. Right. Yeah, but, you know, fucking, with that said, man, let's get into our choice notes. Yeah, uh, I want to ask you real quick, because there's a good mixture of kind of genres and varieties uh, on yeah. this album as a whole, would you say you preferred like the more traditional hip hop tracks or just kind of the weirder off the wall ones more? Uh, I appreciated the obviously the more traditional ones, the ones that uh, were really easy to bob my head to. Yeah, um, like, uh, you know, N95 and uh, uh, Die Hard, right? Uh, Purple Hearts. Those those were by far my favorite beats on the record. And I assumed that you liked the United in Grief, the Worldwide Steppers, the uh, right. maybe even like, like Father Time. The ones, baby. Yeah. Rich Spirit had a great beat too. Uh, they all are good. But yeah, man, the, the ones, uh, I mean, let's, talking about it, my first choice nug is N95. Sure. Yeah, that was the second single or first single. It might. I think it's the first. It has. He, it has the most plays. He released Heart Part Five. I don't know. Right. If, I don't, I haven't gone back to that song. I don't know if that song's on the album. But he released a music video to N95. Uh, I don't know if you've like watched it or anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I did. Honestly, I know about it. Uh, but yeah, that this N95 is just the perfect beat to go with his perfect cadence and delivery. Yeah. And it, and it just builds up in intensity it, to where like by the end he's just like so hype. Right. And that beat just like that kind of like uh I guess it's is it Oh, what's the fucking drill? Drill is like the the British UK type beats. Yeah. Like this felt like a drill beat and I know New York is doing a lot of that right now too. It's ah oh, so fucking cool, man. Yeah, cuz it kind of sounds like New York pianos with maybe like yeah. a drill backbeat behind it or something. Yeah, it sounds like an epic video game song. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, and this song is like a lot of iconic moments in it. My favorite part being like when he's just like rapping and in the backup, he's just like, huh, Bex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love all the 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 game does a lot of similar stuff on on his stuff but where they repeat the same beginning to a line or the same ending to a line yeah. for an entire verse sometimes. So that whole takeoff verse is I fucking love it. Yeah. It's like how many how many ideas do you have to think of to say all right, take off what Take off what? Take off what? And it's like he has to keep thinking of shit to say, and it's it's impressive that he has that many examples of things. It's just like, all right, enough. And I love the just the theme of it of, uh, you know, without all these all this stuff that you put on and all these this act that you put on, what are you without all that shit? Yeah. You know, like you're you're you know you're not shit. Usually, like you're just a person without the all the designer clothes and all the, you know, stuff. Like, so it's it's a really cool. Uh, theme for me and I just love how his cadence chases on every verse and it gets slowly more and more intense and then baby Keem comes in and does his like half crying sounding voice yeah, right? and it's intense also and I love the I love baby Keem man I'm really liking his stuff and I love the lines of the where the hypocrites at what community feel they're the only ones rele- uh, only ones relevant and he's, he's just calling out you know all the little Subgenres of people that just feel like their shit's the most important thing to worry about, or that they're the ones that are persecuted today. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's clearly hated having a, the mask thing, or he hated the like having to deal with COVID and all that shit. You know, so like that's part of it too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I don't think it's a a mistake or a coincidence that he has a song called N95, and then the whole first verse is saying "Take off blank." No, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, "Take off the mask." <laughs> and even though N95, you know, the mask could be like. All the shit you wear, right? Take off the mask, like this person that you're pretending no, to be. No, I don't think it's literal. I don't think he's an anti-masker. I don't think it's literal. Like I think he's yeah. too smart for that. But I, there are a couple lines in there that I feel like he's saying he, he, you know, he didn't like having to deal with this well, shit. Well, sure. Who did? Right. Oh, I loved it. You liked it? Yeah, you were like, <laughs> oh, awesome. I get to stay inside. Yeah. Oh, I'm scared every time I leave. This is great. <laughs> Uh, well, let me tell you about my first nug on side one of Mr. Morale and Big Steppers. It's going to be... Well, that's what we're doing, two choice nugs on each side, that's right? right. All right. So, what's your, yeah, what's your first choice nug on the on the first My first disc? choice nug, baby, you know, it's going to be united in grief. Yeah, it's a great opener, man. That was one of my honorables. It's... It... I can't talk about it yet because you haven't listened to the second part yet. Oh, is there a connection? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Uh, the, just the way the track starts off with, you know, a very Kendrick thing to do is, like, have this, like, kind of, not choir voice, but just this no. ambient, I hope you find some peace. And then some peace of mind. his uh, girlfriend or In wife being like, tell them what you really, you know, tell them who you are tell them that you're and then it cuts off and it goes to the beat is like so kind of creepy and like foreshadowing and it's like uh uh-oh uh really suspenseful yeah and it's it's it feels like there's something brewing and you're like oh where's this gonna go and then all of a sudden the drums happen you're like oh that's what it was like it was building suspense for this moment yeah and it's so it was so cool when the drums came in the first time and i was washing the dishes and i was 
you know, just listening and you're and it's like where you don't know where the beat is coming in. You don't know like what the one of the beat is and he's just rapping yeah. to it and you still don't know where anything is. And it's it's startling. This dude can Once just, the like, drums really start going. Literally rap over anything. Uh yeah. And he just goes off and it's so crazy and cool and uh I don't know, man. I think it's just a great way to start off the album. Very intense, very intense way to start the record. And uh, yeah, it's it. You know, it's one of those songs that on first listen, it's so many things in it are so jarring. Sure. The combination of how fast he's rapping, so it's hard to keep up. Yeah. The like we were saying, the weird suspenseful piano in the beginning that you're just like, where's this going? Why is this making me feel anxious? Like, I don't like it. And then when the drums, like that crazy drums that start happening that, and then it has the combination of the, the piano over it. It's like this, this beat almost sounds like Tom York wrote it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It sounds like it would be a, like on kid a or something. It's that kind of moody anxiety to right. it that it's yeah it, it's intense man it's intense and it's a great way to start the album and again it's one that is a grower not a shower if you're looking for a, for a traditional hip-hop track like this one's gonna be a little I mean, if you're looking for traditional hip-hop kendrick's not like the best place to go good point good point good point <laughs> uh yeah no it's a, that's a great it, dude doesn't surprise me at all you're such a fucking caveman with your beats that you you need constant distractions i need to go i need to go i just need to yeah <laughs> you're just in there clacking rocks together just singing along loving it yeah i would say this is probably the most uh united in grief is probably the most interesting hip-hop beat i've heard in a really long time even though it's just kind of like a piano and that drum beat some strings come in some strings yeah uh, i wouldn't say it's his best opener but it's a pretty good opener it's it's pretty good if you're trying to set up a very intensely emotional record it's a pretty good way to do it well what is your second nug on the first half of the album going to be man well i you know i had some some honorable mentions united in grief was definitely one um Worldwide Steppers is going to take some time to grow on me, but Die Hard, Rich Spirit, loved both of those a lot. I loved the kind of Marvin Gaye vibe that Die Hard had. Yeah. Uh, definitely the chillest track on the on the first half of this record. The shimmy, shimmy, yeah, it kind of reminded me of... Uh, uh, I can see... Fuck. It, it kind of yeah. reminded me of a song off Damn, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe uh, like love. Love. Yeah, yeah I could. I could hear love on that for sure. I liked. I liked the hook. The yeah. That I hope you can see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some good hooks on this record, and I would say Rich Spirit. I love the all the brother lines. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Like at the end, I thought it was really funny because he mentions like frat boys, and I'm guessing that's how frat boys. That's how he hears them in his yeah. head. Right. <laughs> uh, and we cry together. Just is, is again one of the most intense hip hop tracks I've ever heard in my fucking life. But it's a lot, man. It was. Uh, I landed on Purple Hearts as my second really? choice song on this. Yeah. Okay. Purple. And a lot of it has to do with the beat. Sure. Yeah. It's one of the more traditional ones. It starts off 
Maybe Pharrell wrote this one. Who knows? Because it starts off with the bah, 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 yeah. Kind of keeping on that first note and eventually going into the second All the one. nice twinkles, you know? It sounds like it could be a Harry Fraud song, maybe, sure. at yeah. times, you know? Sounds like something action might use. Yeah, you know? yeah, I was thinking of that, too. And, like, speaking of action, uh, when Ghostface comes in. <laughs> does it just does it is that all you hear so it's all i hear man it's just yeah. that fucking they they were probably they must have been born in the same place right yeah i think they're both from queens yeah. like yeah yeah and uh yeah i mean in a lot of storytelling type stuff um uh, but you know I, I would say ghostface feature was decent i don't think it was anything amazing or impressive i thought it was i i honestly thought it was all right uh kodak's rich interlude was my favorite feature on the first half of the yeah i agree i uh i was a little upset with uh the hook in father time is what kind of took me out of this song is i really think the hook sucked no chaser no chaser uh i hated it dude i love i love sampha like i've listened to a lot of sampha stuff i love his stuff and i feel like he was wasted on on father time i think uh I, I didn't, you know, uh, yeah, the, the the features didn't really impress me a lot. And that's what kind of surprised me that uh, Purple Hearts ended up being my second choice now, which I think is going to change over time because I really didn't like Summer Walker's part either. I, I feel like having a song like this, it almost sounds like it could be like a Rick Ross song also. And then you have this really cheesy R&B female vocals for a verse that they're not saying anything that interesting and it her voice is like fine yeah you know it's not like she's doing any amazing vocal work either i'm just like it was just really cheesy uh but i like the shut the fuck up when you hear love talking i love that line uh kendrick's verse and the beat is what made purple hearts for me man yeah well i mean look if kendrick doesn't get you across the finish line i don't know who will yeah, well, you know, he he didn't he hasn't uh, given me a, a happy ending yet, uh, but I'm hoping that it happens by the end of the record. <laughs> <laughs> what is your second choice, Nogman? I'll tell you. Uh, my first, my honorable mentions of the first half of the record. Uh, I think the rich interlude was good. I know there's some controversy yeah. behind Kodak Black. I don't really know. Yeah. What? I feel like I should probably uh, look into it before I start singing his praises. You know. It's just like a lot of other people in this scene that they, they just have a history of doing stuff and you decide whether you want to support them or not. It's like they mentioned, you know, R. Kelly on We Cry Together. And she was like, you're the reason why, you know, men like R. Kelly got away with it for so long. And he was just like, yeah, but that didn't stop people from listening to his fucking music. Yeah. It's the same thing with Chris uh, Brown and, you know, Kodak Black and a lot of other people in the music industry that have done some fucked up shit that people still love and support, yeah. you know? Uh, but uh, honorable mentions are that Father Time. I lo- I love the chorus on that one. No chaser, no chaser. Drink no chaser. I think it's an interesting Ugh. song about like you know toxic masculinity and all that, but also getting yeah. the side of like this toxic. But what did it do for me? Is kind of part of why I'm successful and why I'm exactly you know, the way I'm- why it made me competitive. Why it made me want to work so hard and be better than everyone. So there's like a lot because, of yeah. some give and take with it, you know. And it's like yeah, no matter what you do, 
you're never gonna raise your kids perfectly you know you're gonna do something yeah. that impedes them later on because that's just like what being a, a parent is and you know this might be a little yeah. more intense depending on who your parents are for sure for sure um yeah it kind of falls within uh me and christina have been like talking a lot about the the just the concept of and where you don't have to be one thing or it doesn't have to be one sided or you don't have to take one thing away from something like you can have a negative and a positive yeah takeaway from the same thing sure. right and uh and we just realize that so often in our lives where we're i'm i'm such an and you know and and christina is such an and and it's kind of the same thing with father time where it's like he talks about how his dad and all these other relationships in his life gave him trust issues and like like you said toxic masculinity but yeah that really fucked with my head and that really made life hard on me in a lot of different ways and it's part of the reason why i'm so successful it's part of the reason why i try so hard it's part of the reason why i'm so competitive and it's like look what that did for me too and it's i love seeing both sides of things like that and realizing that life really isn't black or white man like everything is in the gray and once it becomes black or white that's where you've lost you've been you lost something along the way yeah no you lost some perspective along the way life's all kind of a spectrum of stuff you know yeah Uh, like you can be masculine and have feminine qualities to you you know that's like i'm very like i have very masculine and very feminine things about me you know and it's just it's why not and to, like I have a I'm I'm a white Latin guy. I have a lot of white fucking interests and I have a lot of Latin interests. I'm an and trying to shove you yourself know? in a box and fit in it for your whole life does nothing but you know detriment your happiness. Yeah, you 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 really like you don't help yourself by feeling like you have to fall within one category or fit in one bucket or have this mold. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, I really appreciated that message in father time a lot. Cause I feel like that's not, people don't seem to talk about that enough. You know, you can be Republican and gay. You know what I mean? Like you can be an atheist and, you know, be married to a Christian woman, a devout Christian, you know, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And it, and I think it's, uh, and realizing that there's so much and, and I think that uh, I think would eliminate a lot of issues that we have in society and culture. And I think that's where you can think you look at other people as and. It's a big reason why Kendrick is so smart with his lyrics and his writing is because he always talks about the end. He's always yes. Know, he was always talking about how he kind of raised himself up from his upbringings, but how those upbringings are still with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, being proud of being who he is while also recognizing there are things wrong with who he is. And yeah, he always that there are imperfections at, and things that he can improve always on. Always looking at both sides of everything, always trying to attack everything from from all different angles. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's just... We just, we need more of that, man. And I think a lot of it takes introspection. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people are too, are either don't know how or scared to, I'm scared to, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I mean, there was a long time where I didn't, you know, cause it was, I just thought I had to do what I'm supposed I'm an adult now. I have to do what I, you know, like, um, it's, I'm supposed to hate the person I'm in a relationship with, or I'm supposed to hate what I do every day. Right. You know, like that's just, that's what you see on TV. That's what you see. 
in only in families all the time. You know, like my parents were together for twenty years, and they probably weren't happy for fifteen of those. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, that's just part of being an adult. That's that's part of the deal. Like, you're not supposed to always be happy with this person. You're not supposed to like what you do. Like, you're supposed to go home tired and like having a beer and being like, like exhausted on the couch, you know, and just get ready to do it again the next day. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of times where people don't like want to challenge themselves and don't want to challenge why you think certain things or why you react certain ways to certain things. Well, and, cause uh, you know, there are a lot of these places are kind of trapped in an echo chamber. A lot of the places in the South, you know, where yeah. it, it, everyone thinks these same values that they've been brought up. I mean, the South, I think the South is really easy to pick on. I think it's just rural. Yeah, there's also rural places also rural are places just Seattle, stuck. Man. Yes. This toxic mindset and stuff. And I they're stuck, man. You know, I don't know. It's it's just really hard because it's it's all it's all spectrums and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's really hard to get people to understand that, like, we're not so I, like what's the point of living if we're supposed to be miserable all the time with fleeting moments of happiness? Right. You know? And it's, but yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it, it's, it can get as deep and as serious and, and, you know, life changing as conversations or, or thoughts like that of just like, who am I yeah. type of thing? But it can also, it's also, it can be boiled down to something as stupid and trivial as like, I'm a metalhead and I love pop music. Sure. You know, like yeah. it's where so many people are just like, I am a metal head. I don't like anything else but fucking metal music. That's who I identify as. I only watch horror movies. Like that's the only type of movie I'm willing to watch. Horror. I don't want to watch anything else. I'm not into anything else. And it's like, why? Why are you? Why do you deny yourself so many things that you could be enjoying? Yeah. If you're just honest with yourself about what you like. Like I know we you all, know? everyone who was into music had a phase where they're like, I'm not going to listen to this type of music because I... Cause it's all bad. And like, if it doesn't have yeah. this in it, it's bad. You know, we've all had that. And luckily I think most of us have kind of risen above that. And there are, will be genres we prefer not to listen to, but you're never going to bother. Yeah, it's, it's okay not to like something, something you like. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing as like you had, you know, you hated broccoli when you were five years old. Like what, you're not going to try broccoli ever again in your life. What if you fucking love it when you're 20, you know? And then you, it's, it was kind of, what else? Uh, it was like the Hives record that we listened to that I'm just like, damn it. Like, I, I always thought the Hives were just the same bullshit garage rock <laughs> that came out of, you know, the UK or whatever. And it turns out, like, dude, I'd been denying myself a record that I'd love for over 20 years because I just, no, I don't like it. You know? It's 20 years of my life. I could have been enjoying fucking Vinny Vinny Vicious. Great fucking album. Go ahead and listen to that episode, Great fucking y'all. album. Great fucking album. Uh, it, that reminds me, uh, what was your second choice song on this? Was that what we were talking? Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, uh, real quick, We Cry Together is a really cool beat. Uh, really interesting song. concept for a song. But my second choice, yeah. Doug, is going to be, I think you already know, track number three, Worldwide Steppers. Such yep. a moody and creepy pulsating beat on this one i think it's so interesting i don't know what most of the noises on here are kendrick's delivery i'm like i'm a killer she's a killer he's a killer you know is like yeah it's uh yeah talking about zombies and shit uh that beat is so anxious it's extreme it's like what people hear 
in their ears when they're about to have like a fucking panic attack. <laughs> yeah, it's what wah, I hear wah, on a wah, daily wah, basis. Wah, wah. Yeah, that's what I hear every time I do whippets. <laughs> it's just wow, 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 wow. So every day. Right. I mean, how yeah. else are you going to get out of bed? <laughs> yeah, how else am I supposed to start my day? <laughs> well, the hippie speedball is whippet. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But yeah, the this song is very spoken word, um, and it's all over the place. But I know it's going to be one that grows on me the more I listen to it because there's just so much to take away from it and like so much to break down. Yeah, and uh, Kendrick's delivery is great on this one. He matches the eerie and kind of horror vibe of the beat with this low, uh, as you said, spoken word, but also very quick, very um like he's rushing himself a little bit yeah and i can't it's so impressive that he's somehow on beat but he's not he doesn't have a cadence that's there's no cadence to this song no except for like that kind (sighs) of hook that comes back in i'm a killer he's a killer she's a killer right you know yeah just the verses just kind of go on and they they kind of ebb and flow into different places it's a really un- another unique, only Kendrick can pull off this and shit then, song. Like, two minutes in, like a lot more than two minutes in, it kind of just breaks into something he loves to do, which is have like a TV sensor and then go into another beat. <laughs> that's yeah. something he's done multiple times, I believe. Yeah, I mean that's kind of it. I love that they did it on that on the song that he was on with baby Keem, the family matters yeah. song, where it's all of a sudden two minutes in, it's just like, Whoa, it just completely changes vibe. And you're just, it really just takes you on a trip, man. Uh, yeah. Well, steppers wasn't, I, I liked it, but I didn't name it as an honorable mention only because I haven't listened to it enough times for it to really sink in. I think I need a good 10, 15. I think, I think <laughs> for me to be like, this is genius. Great song. The, like the ambient, pianos that subtly make their way into like the last yeah. part of the song yeah out of nowhere are really cool i think it's just really cool i think it's a great record hey good for you hey look what are you a man who knows nothing gonna rate the first <laughs> half of this album a man with nothing to lose nothing to gain a man with nothing in your pockets and nothing to lose uh yeah, man, like I said in the beginning, I was really intimidated to listen to this record. I was intimidated while I was listening to it, and I was intimidated while I was getting ready to talk about it with you. Uh, I think it's a really emotionally open and intense record. Um, it's not one that I'm going to gravitate towards unless I'm in a very specific mood. But the between the music, the lyrics, the delivery, the themes, and the content in general, just the lyrical content. It's like the artistry is on, he's back to, to pimp a butterfly level, uh, in terms of artistry and really crafting this whole thing to, to get the message across. I think it's, there's so much thought put into this record that I can't possibly give it anything lower than what I'm going to give it (laughs) just from a respect, uh, to an art of an artist of who he is. You don't even want to give it this score. I no, I, I I would say my enjoyment of it the rating is not gonna reflect how much I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna rate it higher than what I how I really enjoyed the record because of the respect that I have sure. for it. 
Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's legit. We don't really do that too often. No. I usually go purely off of vibes and uh, whether I whether I really liked it or not. And there's a lot to like here, but uh, I'm going to give it an 8.0. All right. For, for you know, I, I'm sure in six months it'll be higher than that. Maybe not. But just based off of artistry alone, respect for what he did and respect for what he's trying to do. And he's still an amazing lyricist and storyteller. 8.0. Dang. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to probably be somewhere around there, maybe a little lower. Uh, okay. But it's... I've heard... I thought you were going to be higher. I've heard... <laughs> there's a thing with this album. Kendrick loves to do this kind of thing. Where I think I've heard that track, the first track, and the last track of the entire album are kind of share themes with each other. And then... Like bookends? Yeah, and so like the second song and the second to last song kind of share things with each other. And so I haven't listened to the album in that context yet. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting seeing what that's all about. And by then, like by the next week we record, there will be more stuff about this album kind of enlightening us on stuff we didn't see the first time and all that. Right, for sure. Uh, with that being said, there is some really top-notch S-ranked beats on, on this side of the album. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I feel like he might have even been holding himself back a little bit. Uh, just with how... That's surprising for you to think that. I feel like he really went as hard as he could he, on a lot of these tracks. I think he could have a little weirder, you know? But okay, I, he definitely... You definitely got some songs on here that you can you know, like, put on the radio. I'm listening to Die Hard right now. That's for mm-hmm. sure in 95. Uh, but he's also got some... some Purple Hearts. Yeah. Easy radio track. Uh, and so just with me vibing with it, right now I'm going to give it like a 7.6. You know? So it's not, right, not that much lower. And yeah. I think the overall score... We're going to give the second half a score, and then we're going to give the whole thing a score. And I think yes. that'll be bigger than anything. But we'll see. For sure. Who knows? We'll see, man. I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to listen to the second half. Um, yeah, overall, really impressive from Kendrick. And, uh, again, a grower, not a shower, and one that I know the album's going to really, over time, have more impact on me. Uh, but, I, yeah, man. Man, I am... So excited to see your reaction to the second half of this album. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to hear it. I feel like I, I feel a little bit uh, better equipped to talk about Kendrick now. I feel like this was a good warm up <laughs> for the next episode. Uh, but thanks for listening, buds. Thanks for watching. Uh, this was this is a a pretty incredible album in the hip hop genre. I mean, it's something that you don't hear a lot in coming from hip hop, and uh, I definitely think it's worth listening to. We're gonna talk about. The second half of this record, the second disc on this record on the next episode, so stick around for that. Check us out on Instagram at EBPcast. Uh, I'm at Jean-Luc Guitard. Brett's at Brett Handrahan. You can find us on there. Uh, watch us on YouTube. Check us out on Podbean, I guess, or anywhere you listen to, to podcasts. And yeah, man, we're going to keep doing these episodes. Let us know what you guys thought of this record. Are you guys as like 
hyped about this as we've been, or at least as impressed as we are with this, or even more, because I'm sure there's some people that this is like a 10 out of 10 record for, and I want to hear from them, man. Everyone has an opinion about this record right now. If I don't see some damn comments... Some goddamn comments! ...in our YouTube or our iTunes, then I'm going to be pissed, and I'm going to cry. Yeah, just... Give Brett some comments. Did you hate this album? Because I want to hear why some people me? maybe fucking hated this. Do you hate this. me? Is that yeah. why you don't comment? <laughs> comment about how much you hate Brett and how much you love me. We want to see your comments. Well, maybe not that. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, exactly that. And uh, stick around. Second half of this record is going to be our next episode. Brett, what would you uh, what would you rate this episode? I'm rating this episode a one skip to ten out of ten. <laughs> It's a big step. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to rate this a... Uh, oh, I get it now. The big step yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like a big stepper thing. All right. I'll just rate an 8.0. All right. Great. That All right. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And, uh, Brett, I think this was... This was... Good. This was good. All right, see you, buddies. Bye. Bye, buddies. Salute. <laughs> Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance. Do you remember the Texas? Never mind. All right, let's stop. We'll get. Yeah. Happy Memorial Day, fuckers. <laughs> Bye. Bye.